Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean. I'm a Fox News legal analyst. You can follow me on Twitter, at Greg Jarrett. Hope you read my legal columns and listen to my podcast, The Brief, on my website, thegregjarrett.com. You can also learn about my new book, The Trial of the Century. It's now available for pre-order online. That famous trial helped form the legal bedrock on which our civil liberties depend today. It was a battle over science, faith, free speech, academic freedom, and the power of ideas that nobody should be told how to think. Legendary defense attorney Clarence Darrow's stunning takedown of William Jennings Bryan was the most amazing courtroom confrontation in Anglo-Saxon history, wrote the New York Times. The surprising outcome of the trial foreshadowed today's bitter culture war. So I hope you'll read the book, The Trial of the Century, available now online. For those of you who have read my many columns about the Biden family corruption, it's encouraging that Congress is now finally, finally investigating the volumes of evidence that appear to implicate President Joe Biden in his son's lucrative influence peddling schemes, selling access and promises of potential influence to countries like China, Russia, Ukraine, and other foreign nations. Despite a laptop with reams of incriminating evidence, no charges have ever been filed in a federal investigation that is now in its fifth year. Five years, no charges. And that, of course, invites the inevitable question, is Joe Biden's Department of Justice protecting the president? Well, it sure looks like it. 
The FBI, after all, has had the laptop in its possession since December of 2019. Whistleblowers that the Bureau say top officials at the agency buried that smoking gun evidence. And we know from the Twitter files that the FBI pressured, if not directed, the social media giant to censor and suppress the laptop story. For more, let's turn now to Peter Schweitzer, one of the best investigative journalists in the nation. He is the best-selling author of several books, including Red-Handed, the most recent, Profiles in Corruption, Secret Empires, and Clinton Cash, my all-time favorite. His popular website and podcast is The Drill Down. Peter, great having you back with us. There is a terrific column and podcast on your website, The Drill Down. It's entitled, Did the Clintons Inspire the Bidens? What's the answer to that question? I think they did. The answer is yes. Um, you know, Greg, you and I both know having followed corruption and cronyism in Washington, D.C. for a long time, uh, everybody in Washington loves a business model that can allow them to get rich through public service. Uh, there are very few exceptions to that rule. And I think in this particular case, what the Clintons did was they globalized corruption. You know, we think about globalization with the economy, labor, all that kind of stuff. Corruption got globalized, too, and it was really the Clintons, the first ones who said, you know, we're going to cash in not so much by going to, you know, Wall Street or big tech, although we'll do some of that. We're going to cash in by going overseas uh, to these corrupt uh, political cultures, places like Russia and China, uh, and we're going to uh, peddle our wares there and sell access there. That's what the Clintons did, and I believe that the uh, Bidens were inspired by that. In fact, you see in the laptop when Hunter Biden is talking about setting up the uh, Biden Center at the University of Delaware, he actually compares it to the Clinton Global Initiative, saying we can do with this what the Clintons did with the, with the CGI. Yeah, and in fact, you go through it in great detail uh, in, as I mentioned, my favorite book, Clinton Cash, how they, the Clintons used their foundation, their global initiative, really as a personal piggy bank, and in particular, the tens of millions of dollars from Russia that flowed into their foundation. <laughs> yeah. Really quite breathtaking. You know, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State uh, the first term of the Obama administration, um, and that provided a real opportunity for the Clinton family to cash in. I mean, they were doing pretty well after Bill left the presidency and Hillary was in the Senate. But once she became Secretary of State, all these foreign entities wanted to curry favor with the chief diplomat. And the perfect avenue was the so-called charity the Clinton Foundation, so they would make these charitable donations to the Clinton Foundation. Uh, the Clinton Foundation, of course, subsidized the lifestyle of the Clintons. It, it became sort of a dumping ground for their political operatives. And Russia was one of the main players. Um, and it centered around really sensitive, important issues like uranium. Uh, you and I discussed this on the air when, when this f- story first broke. Uranium One, this uh, uranium company that had roughly half of the uranium assets in the United States. They also had uh, some very, very uh, deep and rich uranium mines in Kazakhstan. 
Bill, Hint, uh, Bill Clinton essentially got the Kazakh government to sell uh, those uranium mines to a friend of his, a guy named Frank Justra, uh, who then donated $100 million to the Clinton Foundation. And then Justra turned around and sold those mines and the mines in the United States to the Russian state-owned uranium producer. So they were essentially doing the bidding of the Russian government itself. It's it's funny to me, Greg, when you look at uh, the, the demonization of Vladimir Putin today, and, and by the way, in my mind, he has always deserved it. But, you know, back in uh, 10 years ago, uh, the Clintons uh, were very much doing the bidding of Vladimir Putin. Uh, it wasn't just the money from Uranium One. They also took in a lot of Russian money because of something called Skokovo, which was a Hillary Clinton initiative as Secretary of State to create a Silicon Valley in Russia. You know, what could go wrong? Uh, and they cashed in there as well, and that enhanced the, the Russian military. So uh, Russia was for the Clintons uh, sort of the, the, the golden calf, uh, as it were. For the Bidens, they looked at the other part of the world. They looked at uh, Asia and particularly China as the place to cash in the most. Yeah. So, you know, if I remember correctly, about $100 million in Russian money flows into the Clinton Foundation and their global initiative, while at the same time, you know, Hillary and Bill are greasing the sale of America's uranium to Russia, their their ownership of it. I mean, good Lord, it's to me, it's the definition of corruption. Let me come back to something you said a moment ago. Uh, the Bidens follow the business model of the Clintons. In fact, I'll quote from your book, Red Handed. Quote, the Bidens, father and son, together apparently followed a business model offering access to the highest levels of power in Washington in exchange for big money, international deals, end of quote. And Peter, this is while the elder Biden was vice president of the United States, right? Yeah, and that's the key ingredient here, Greg. Uh, as you know, uh, you know, with the Clintons, Bill Clinton's speaking fees doubled or tripled overnight when his wife became Secretary of State in 2009. It's not because he became more eloquent. Uh, it's because foreign entities wanted to pay them to get access. It's the same thing with the Bidens. Um, Hunter Biden sets up a international finance firm called Rosemont in June of 2009. This is, you know, what, five months after his father is sworn as vice president of the United States. He had never done international business before. Uh, he couldn't have gotten a meeting because his father was simply a senator. But now that his father was vice president of the United States and Barack Obama gave Joe Biden the billet, for policy towards China, policy towards Ukraine. Now, suddenly, these foreign entities wanted access. They wanted favor. They wanted favorable treatment. So what did they do? They they went to the son, who had set up this international financial business, and said, we're happy to do deals with you. So Hunter Biden, who I don't think could have gotten really any meetings in China, uh, within a year of setting up his business, He's going to China and he's meeting with the equivalent of China's head of the Federal Reserve, uh, the Treasury Secretary, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, UBS. Uh, he's meeting with 11 of the top finance executives in China. Why? Because he's got some great 
you know, investment scheme because he's got some great expertise? No, because his father is now in charge of policy towards China. And that's how it works. And look, the Clintons and the Bidens absolutely know this. They know how the game is played. And one of the reasons that they run the money through a family member in the case of the Clintons, when Hillary was Secretary of State, it went through her husband, Bill. In the case of the Bidens, it's run through the son or the brother, uh, James Biden. The reason they do that is it gives them some form of plausible deniability. But when you look at actually what's going on, it's very clear what's going on. And it's not fooling really anybody. Yeah, it's it's corrupt influence peddling, uh, promises of access, as well as uh, potential uh, influential decision-making that would favor, for example, China. You know, uh, U.S. banks flagged a staggering 150 suspicious activity reports, SARS as they're known, uh, with a financial crimes unit at the Department of Treasury reflecting tens of millions of dollars paid in suspected illegal transactions, Right. So Joe Biden suddenly becomes president of the United States and the Treasury Department under Biden will not do what they've always done, which is turn over those reports to Congress. Instead, they have refused so far to turn them over. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's remarkable, Greg. Um, You know, what they're claiming is it would violate the banking secrecy laws. But, of course, there are numerous times in the past when Congress has requested for access to these sorts of financial records and has gotten them from our federal government. Uh, in this particular case, uh, it's a cover-up, pure and simple. Uh, and, and this is the sort of thing that leads to further and further legitimate concern and suspicion, I think, even by supporters uh, of Joe Biden. I saw a poll that was done, I think, by Trafalgar just a couple of days ago, uh, showing that uh, at least one third of Democrats uh, believe that Joe Biden has a massive conflict of interest when it comes to China because of his family's business dealings. Uh, these are Democrats that probably are not listening to uh, news outlets such as yours or, or Fox, where they're actually being exposed to the detailed information we're discussing. Uh, so it's very, very clear to me uh, that this is a cover up. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see where Democrats who don't want Joe Biden running for reelection because they think he's too old or they don't think he can win, where they are going to line up, because we are setting up, I think, for a battle royale for access to this information. There's all kinds of things they can do to make sure that, you know, nothing personally secretive that would violate the banking rules uh, would be not disclosed. You can release the form. You can redact all sorts of things. They simply don't want the American people to know who and how much money the Biden family has received from uh, China. I've got about a minute left, so let me ask you the ultimate question. Is it a legitimate concern that Americans should be worried about that Joe Biden is compromised when it comes to China, that he has essentially jeopardized America's national security? 100 percent. Just look at the discussions we have in Washington all the time about campaign contributions by big tech or big oil or by Wall Street. Those are legitimate debates. In this case, we're not talking about tens of millions of dollars going into campaigns. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars going into the pockets of the first family of the United States. So by any measure, 
any measure, it is absolutely a legitimate concern uh, and one that I believe is the central issue that we're facing as a republic today. Well, uh, I hope the Judiciary Committee as well as the Oversight Committee in the House get to the bottom of it. Peter Schweitzer, one of the best investigative journalists, best-selling author of, of several books, his most recent, Red-Handed. Check out his website and podcast, The Drill Down. Peter, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Greg, for having me. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean on The Sean Hannity Show. We'll be right back. Once again, Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, they're investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. And I'm really happy to announce that Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, and now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. You get unlimited talk and text and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of the big carriers, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, for the exact same service. Now bring your phone or get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Sean. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. Make the switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. On a calm October night, Michael and his wife, they were just out for a walk in their neighborhood when their life got flipped upside down or just like yours could be. Now, Michael was attacked by a homeless woman who stabbed him multiple times before he was able to restrain her and waited for law enforcement to arrive. But what happens next is why our partners at the USCCA exist. Now, while Michael was in the hospital, a detective literally charged him with assault. Now, this is the new America that we're living in. Luckily, Michael was a USCCA member, just like me. He used his training, his education, and his self-defense liability insurance to stay out of jail and save his family from potential bankruptcy. If you want to learn proven ways to deter criminals, defend your family, avoid legal trouble, just go to uscca.com slash Hannity right now. You'll put in your email. You'll get a free guide put together by the USCCA and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to uscca.com slash Hannity today. All right, when is the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Now, what if your home's title, that's the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, if it is, that's called home title theft. Everybody's home title is online, and we have criminals all over the world that will forge your signature, and basically it's a race against time to stop them before they take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, my partners at Home Title Lock, they demonstrated how criminals can do it. Now, they found the title to Linda's home online, forged her signature, stating that she sold them her home when she did not. Now, some criminal was now the owner, and that's the reality. So how do you know some criminal hasn't taken over the title to your home? Well, you can find out for free with sign-up when you use the promo code SEAN, S-E-A-N, and go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code SEAN, and your first 30 days of protection are free. Do it today. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code SEAN. Once again, Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, they're investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. And I'm really happy to announce that Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. 
Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, and now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. You get unlimited talk and text and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of the big carriers, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, for the exact same service. Now bring your phone or get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Sean. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. Make the switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. On a calm October night, Michael and his wife, they were just out for a walk in their neighborhood when their life got flipped upside down or just like yours could be. Now, Michael was attacked by a homeless woman who stabbed him multiple times before he was able to restrain her and waited for law enforcement to arrive. But what happens next is why our partners at the USCCA exist. Now, while Michael was in the hospital, a detective literally charged him with assault. Now, this is the new America that we're living in. Luckily, Michael was a USCCA member just like me. He used his training, his education, and his self-defense liability insurance to stay out of jail and save his family from potential bankruptcy. If you want to learn proven ways to deter criminals, defend your family, avoid legal trouble, just go to uscca.com slash Hannity right now. You'll put in your email. You'll get a free guide put together by the USCCA and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to uscca.com slash Hannity today. Ronald Reagan took this country from the depths of inflation in the 1970s to economic prosperity in just a few years' time. He knows a thing or two about saving a country in distress. And now you can get your hands on a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. All qualified callers who call the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo, this week will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Call 855-815-GOLD and get yours free while supplies last. Ronald Reagan cut taxes, cut government spending, and gave us peace through strength. Now you can celebrate this great president with a limited-run half-ounce silver coin from the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. They're a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner, number one-rated gold IRA company with over 5,000 five-star reviews. Call them today at 855-815-GOLD and get your hands on a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. And welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg Jarrett. Read my legal columns. Listen to my podcast, The Brief, on my website, thegregjarrett.com. You can also learn about my new book, The Trial of the Century, available for pre-order online. I wrote it with Don Yeager, terrific writer who dug deep into the history of the case. Uh, Don was uh, kind enough to join us in the first hour. He's going to rejoin us in just a moment. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Our further discussion on the trial of the century. You can get it, pre-order it online. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Greg Jarrett. You can read my legal columns and other articles on my website, uh, thegregjarrett.com. Listen to my podcast, The Brief. Uh, 
in a couple hours ago, I was talking to my co-author of my new book, uh, Trial of the Century, which you can pre-order right now online uh, at all the usual uh, online websites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's about the Scopes Monkey Trial, the trial of the century in my judgment, because it set the bread bedrock principles for free speech, academic freedom, intellectual enlightenment, and the power of ideas. These are cherished principles uh, upon which our civil liberties depend today. We cherish these principles. And the work of the greatest trial lawyer who ever lived, Clarence Darrow, uh, we owe great gratitude and credit. Uh, certainly my hero in my lifetime. And joining me once again to talk about it is my co-author, Don Yeager, New York Times bestselling author, longtime associate editor at Sports Illustrated, a popular public speaker. And Don, thanks for sticking around for another half hour to talk about the trial of the century. Um, you know, one of the things that people get to read about in the book is the incredible tense courtroom scenes, which I mentioned earlier, the New York Times described as the greatest courtroom confrontation in Anglo-Saxon history. But you can also see the photographs of it because they were maintained. This is, you know, almost a 100 years ago in the archives in Tennessee at Bryan College, which is in Dayton, Tennessee, and, you know, just across from the courthouse. Uh, somewhat. You can see it from the top floor of the courthouse. Um, and I put together 40 photographs of the trial, game permission. And, you know, I go in there and I spent, I don't know, 10 or 12 hours. You have to wear white cotton gloves to handle these old, fragile photographs. And I used this huge, high-resolution scanner to copy and download the incredible photographs. And let's talk about what they show, because, Don, you know, it was a circus-like atmosphere at that trial outside the courthouse and throughout the town, complete with a trained chimpanzee named Joe Mendy, which, which was sort of a nod to the mistaken impression uh, that man evolved from apes. So talk about the circus at the trial of the century. You know, Greg, one of the things that really stood out is, is we had the chance to experience the town and to, to, to walk through, uh, that courthouse was that, you know, at the time, the courtroom where that case was tried was actually the largest courtroom in all of Tennessee. It was, uh, and, and yet it was filled uh, to its, uh, to its complete capacity, standing room only people from around the country, journalists from around the world came to be part of this event. Uh, it was, you know, ironically, the, the city of Dayton, uh, arranged this trial. They, they, they actually sought out the teacher, John Scopes, uh, to see if uh, they could find someone who might have violated uh, the recently passed law there in Tennessee because they wanted the opportunity to to showcase their community. <laughs> and it turned into, uh, it was, a, as for many, many years, it was quite an embarrassment, a black eye for, uh, for, for the, for the community. But, but yes, I mean, one of the things that, that, that's, Stood out to me was that it was the first trial ever, uh, broadcast live 
on radio every every minute of the trial including all of the uh the 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 actions of the judge and and the and the uh the individual lawyers were broadcast on WGN uh first trial broadcast from uh from beginning to end uh on America on an American radio network so in many ways it was the court tv version of uh of what you might have experienced in some of your work um, so yes, constantly it was, uh, it was, it was seen all over as something that everyone in the country was paying attention to front page of every newspaper. Um, you know, I covered the OJ Simpson trial, which everybody compared to a circus. Frankly, it paled in comparison to what unfolded in 1925 in Dayton, Tennessee, but similar to court TV in which cameras, you know, were in the courtroom for the Simpson trial. Um, there were cameras in 1925 in the courtroom in Dayton, Tennessee for the trial of the century, the name of our book. Uh, and, and they would fly these newsreel footage every day to Chicago. There was always a plane that was waiting on the outskirts of town in Dayton, Tennessee at a small airstrip and they would fly newsreel. Uh, to Chicago, where it would then be distributed across the nation in movie theaters, which was how people would get their their news through these newsreel news shorts, as they were known. And they could watch uh, some of what was unfolding inside uh, the courtroom. There's still some newsreel footage available. I found it on on YouTube. You know, it, it's not pretty stuff, but, you know, by today's standards, but it still exists. Um, this trial really impacted almost everybody who was involved in it, in particular, the defendant, John Scopes. Now, Scopes was arrested and charged with a crime of teaching evolution under this new statute that Tennessee had passed, but other states were doing the same thing. They were also banning books uh, that that in, gave instruction, textbooks on on evolution in other states. Scopes' life was, in so many ways, wasn't it, Don? Ruined by by this case, With no, without question. Uh, one of the, a, a chunk of our book is dedicated to um, to kind of the retelling of what happened to John Scopes afterward. I mean, he he disappeared uh, in many ways. He um, uh, he became an alcoholic. Uh, he lost relationship with his own family and children. Uh, moved, you know, to, uh, to Central America. He, there were, there were so many places where, where his life went in, in a direction he was not anticipating because so many people were bothered by the idea that he was, um, that, that he had, uh, put himself in this place. He was clearly a, a bad person. And it, what it, what it did in uh, even some of those who, tried to chronicle it he he wouldn't allow others to talk about it um he was uh he was as you said uh, crushed by by the moment i mean it was really a sad epitaph to a lie and this was a guy who was very bright and he i think he wanted to be a lawyer but you know he almost enrolled i think it was the university in kentucky law school and but he realized that his fame or infamy um was haunting him and you know he that's a great word realized that he could never be a lawyer especially in the shadow of his famous trial attorney clarence darrow 
What a great, what a great, uh, description of it. Haunt, um, was, uh, would be the word that you would have to look for if you're trying to understand what happened to him next and, and over the remaining, uh, the course of his life. It, late in his life, he tried to, um, uh, to regain some of that fame, actually signed up and was part of game shows and a couple of other things where, um, he, he tried to use what little fame was left. Uh, to help him recover some of his lost finances. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, the, the promising career of a young teacher, um, was never the same. Let's talk about, uh, the journalist who had more influence on this trial across America than anybody. Uh, in his day, he was the most uh, famous journalist in America, H.L. Mencken, who was this gifted writer, uh, and, and a very intelligent, thoughtful person but with a very acerbic pen or typewriter. Uh, and, you know, he took direct aim at uh, William Jennings Bryan, whom he mocked, ridiculed, and demeaned. And everybody across America read Mencken's column uh, during during the trial. Yeah, one of the one of the great ironies, though, that that stood out to both of us as we were um, kind of digging into this, because yes, Mencken became quite famous uh, over time, and even more famous during that trial. But while he was there covering it, he had made a decision when he realized that the uh, that 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 Clarence Darrow was not going to get to put on his expert witnesses. He'd made the decision to go back to Baltimore to leave Dayton because he, he thought, wow, this is, uh, this is over. And so he actually missed and was not there for, uh, the, the, the piece of the trial when William Jennings Bryan actually took the stand. He wasn't there for the very, for the, maybe the most significant piece of the entire event. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, today you get fired for, for going home early and missing the most pivotal part. Of the, of the trial of the century. Again, my, my guest is John, Don Yeager is, is my co-author, uh, of the trial of the century. You can order it online, pre-order it now. It's an important book, I think. And, you know, in the book, I talk so much about how I admired and respected Clarence Darrow, his principles. He was known as the attorney for the damned. Uh, but, but he was also flawed. We open one of the chapters where Darrow shows up at the door of his one-time girlfriend. He is drunk. He is got a gun. He lays it on the table and announces he's going to kill himself. We've only got about a minute or so left. But he was not a perfect person. But I, I identified with that because I'm not, nobody is... Uh, we're all afflicted with human frailty, and Darrow was certainly among us. Yeah. You know, Greg, I'm, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I will tell you that maybe my favorite part of the entire book is where at the end you take, um, you take the reins of the, of the, 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 the writing machine that we had to talk about why you saw this as such an important, uh, such an important a cultural event and and how it plays into many of the things we are thinking about today. Um, I hope readers uh, make sure that as they, as they dig into this book, that they, they, they absolutely listen in to your words there at the end. It was really powerful. 
Well, you know, there's another battlefront that has arisen in education, not unlike the trial of the century, this vocal conflict that is so fierce over a different kind of academic freedom, the teaching of a doctrine known as critical race theory. And I, I you know, I don't shy away from it uh, in the epilogue. And I give an analysis of what Darrow would do today in the face of critical race theory. And I think it will surprise people who are expecting me to take a particular point of view, but I try to be as fair as I possibly can. I talk about the good and the bad. Um, because the problem with CRT are the disparate definitions of it and the use of it in various classroom settings. There is the more benign, uh, appropriate history approach, but there are other approaches um, that are less benign, uh, and states have reacted to it. I recount how Oklahoma has enacted a statute that restricts lessons on race and gender, and the ACLU once again has stepped in and sued, and the case still pending regardless of its outcome this is a case that could go all the way to the United States Supreme Court. So today's uh, version of the trial of the century is not creationism versus evolution, but critical race theory and under what circumstances it is appropriate or inappropriate for it to be taught in America's public schools. Don Yeager, uh, thanks for sticking around for another half-hour discussion on our book, which comes out very soon but can be pre-ordered now online. It's called The Trial of the Century. Great. Don Yeager, thanks very much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, friend. I'm Greg Jarrett, sitting in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more. And welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean. It's been a pleasure over the last three hours, uh, particularly uh, talking to my co-author, Don Yeager. He and I have written the book, uh, The Trial of the Century. It's available now for pre-order online. Just go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, any other online site the book comes out shortly but you can pre-order it right now trial of the century it is i think a gripping history of the great legal battle between renowned attorney clarence darrow and three-time presidential candidate william jennings bryan in the famous scopes monkey trial evolution versus creationism and the outcome set the bedrock principles for academic freedom, free speech, intellectual enlightenment, and the power of ideas, all cherished rights and principles that we enjoy today. Again, that's Trial of the Century, available for pre-order right now. And you can follow me online on my website, thegregjarrett.com, where you can get my columns, articles, my television and radio hits, as well as listening to my podcast, The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening. I've been filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.